ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakable. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Dr. Kara Larson, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm very excited, too, to talk about all things productivity. Uh, before we kind of dive into that, maybe you could give our listeners who may not be familiar with your work a little bit of your origin story or background, if you will. Yeah. So I have been a, a productivity and performance nerd for a very long time. I recently went back and calculated how much time I've saved myself uh, through doing various things in high school, college, work, etc. And over the course of my life, I've saved approximately $270,000 in eight years, which is kind of mind-blowing. That's pretty good. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I mean, I, it wasn't always that way. And there are always hard moments. And for me, when, when I knew I had hit a productivity plateau and um, I was in a, a really, really dark space, I was actually working at a law firm in, in downtown Boston. Oh, is that why you were in a dark space? I, <laughs> the law firm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it it wasn't the best fit for me. It could be, you know, a really good fit for other people. I think that was part of it, but it was it wasn't the the whole story. There was there was more going on. Um cuz you you can be productive no matter what job you're mm -hmm. in, right? Uh mm -hmm. but it was a very uh intense uh, environment. And I was at that time waking up to this beep, beep, beep of an alarm. And it wasn't the beep, beep, beep to get me up in the morning. It was a beep, beep, beep to tell me it was time to get out from underneath my desk <laughs> and be get back to work because lunchtime was over. Mm. And uh, that, that was a pivotal moment for me because at that time, I was working, you know, 10 to 12 hour days, so really long days, and my energy was totally tanked at the end of the day. I ended up getting a scarlet fever, of all things, so my, my health was starting to go down the toilet, and I was just never home. Wait, I was, was never all this home taking so place? much that... Was, was this in like the 1700s? How'd you get scarlet fever? <laughs> no. So uh, fun fact about scarlet fever. It is a version of strep throat, except okay. on top of the strep throat, you get a full body rash. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> it, was, it was super fun. <laughs> when, and what were you doing under the um, desk? Were you sleeping or napping? <laughs> Meditating? <laughs> I was napping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was napping. <laughs> yeah. All right. I feel I, uh, that. It was a, it was a better, better, uh, 
use of my time at that time to get in a couple extra hours of sleep and have a liquid lunch, you know? <laughs> totally. And you probably found that like, if you ate a solid lunch, you'd be a little bit more tired or groggy or not as mentally sharp after, or no, is it something else? I would sometimes eat a solid lunch, but honestly it was in part for the speed and the ease. It is oh, yeah. much easier right. to keep working and just slip, sip something down than it is to be eating with a fork. Um, so that was, that was one of my, you know, intermediate productivity hacks, but yeah. anyways, uh, eventually I decided, you know, staff in the ground, no more, right? I can only take this so much longer. There has to be a better way, right? It might not even yeah. be the job, but it, it ha there has to be a better way, a better approach to how I'm doing things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I did in that instance, I did end up quitting the job. Uh, and I, I did some traveling. I explored a lot um, of yoga, meditation, kind of like energy type of stuff, which was completely mm -hmm. the opposite of any of my interests previously. I'm, I'm very, you know, logic brain oriented. Mm -hmm. You just uh, you had enough with the logic but, you to kind of go to the other side of the, of, of the continuum. The pendulum had to swing, right? Exactly. Yes. I was like, okay, I feel like I've done everything logical I can possibly do. What, <laughs> what else is there, right? Where can uh, I do, find some things to grab that are in the space opposite from what I've pulled from before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. And yeah, that took me to Japan, Korea, India. Um, I did a lot of coaching, emotional intelligence work, um, all of these different things before I hopped back into the workspace and also started taking on uh, my own clients so that, um, you know, now I was in the space of not having this beep, beep, beep waking up in the morning or at lunchtime, right? Instead, I could be hearing the, the tweet, 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 right? Of the birds mm -hmm. outside the window. Mm -hmm. And I had the, the spaciousness and also um, these new tools, which I can share to help me, whether I was back in a law firm type environment um, or in a different career and environment where I had a little bit more flexibility. For sure. And, and before we get to those tools, I mean, it sounds like you were kind of having your almost like eat, pray, love moment. And I'm curious, like, were, were there any epiphanies along the way? Because like, you weren't necessarily working your butt off where you're like, you know, just figuring out better ways to make the widget or improve efficiency or anything like that. Like, what were some of the epiphanies or like aha moments you experienced during these travels and, and dabbling into yoga and, and meditation and some of these other practices, do you, do you recall any in particular? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll answer that and I'll share just a little bit of where also the, the yoga came from it. I was actually first introduced, uh, I did indoor track in uh, undergrad and it was something that we used kind of to support with stretching, but there's the breathing component of yoga as well. And I didn't fully appreciate the breathing component 
um, until grad school where I took my first like paid yoga class with one of my friends. Um, and I had happened to have been marathon training the year prior and I took this yoga class and afterwards I just had this high. It was almost like I had run 10 miles and I was like, what? I barely did anything. <laughs> um, so that sparked the initial curiosity and uh, I kind of just dove all the way in. I, I did a yoga teacher training actually in tandem with my uh, law firm job, kind of trying to convince myself that maybe I didn't have to quit, but it, it actually did confirm it. It was time to let the job go. Mm -hmm. uh, but some of my ahas were, you know, taking the time to be in my body, taking the time to focus on my breath, really, I mean, people talk about it, right? It really did, though, help me boost my awareness, become more present, realize where part of my thoughts were just anxiety, worry, uh, and they weren't constructive, right? It, it, that's not forwarding. Mm -hmm. it, it's good to know what might be a concern in the future so you can address it. But like having a constant circle of worry and, and stress all of the time mm -hmm. in the background just is going to wear you down over time. Um, sure. And I, when I was in India, that was the first time I had ever done. So I did a second yoga teacher training there, um, a, a different form. I was doing Kundalini yoga. Oh, but cool. um, the breath of fire. I just, Yes, fire, yes. Uh, and it was just such an eye-opening experience to even to be there. And I, I remember stepping outside of the cab um, coming from the airport and you know, this guy, this guy just lets me off. He's supposed to be taking me to the yoga studio, right? The, the ashram. And like, I get out and I know we're not at the ashram, but I'm like, okay, uh, wait, I guess, I guess I'm supposed to wait. I don't know what's happening. Right. There are a lot of people milling about. And I remember noticing, cause I'd been doing some of this yoga work. Um, and in my mind, there was part of me that's like, oh my gosh, like, is someone going to mug me and steal my stuff? And then the other part of me is like, Kara, you know nothing about these people or this place. Like, I know you're uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean these people are just going to go out and mug you. They're probably really friendly. Mm -hmm. um, so I just remember having kind of like that, that dichotomy and thought. And yeah, everyone was super friendly and after that moment passed, I see this little moped, you know, driving up to come and pick me and my luggage up and take mm -hmm. me over this, this footbridge. So there was a reason the cab stopped. They weren't just, you know, throwing me out early. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We, we had a moment like that in, uh, I think it was in, in like 2007 in Egypt. We went, my brother was living in Cairo and we went and you know, checked out the pyramids and then we went to Luxor and we had a driver that was like taking us around, spoke no English, um, just Arabic. My brother was the only one that kind of spoke Arabic and his name was Abdul Arafua. 
And at the end of the day, like we'd had a great time with him. His teeth were like almost black because he smoked so much hookah. And like every time we'd stop, he'd like find a hookah somewhere and he'd get a hookah while we do our things. But like we had a great, a great day with him. And then he says at the end of the day, like, would you guys like to come meet my family? And we're all like, sure, that sounds awesome. And then we're driving and we're like driving into like these kind of shady neighborhoods and it's getting darker and there's no street lights. And I was, I said to my brother, cause we both also speak Spanish and I wanted to make sure that Abdul Arafud didn't understand what I was saying. I asked my brother in Spanish, like, do you think we're safe or are we in, are we in a bad situation right now? And my brother's like, I think we're good. And then we got there and we met like his two wives and like, 10 kids and they like he stopped on the way and got us like coca-colas you know what i mean and spent like i don't know it, it was it was just this gesture of generosity and kindness and and you know he showed us his cows and animals and and, uh, and all around his place and we just hung out and like did our best to communicate for a long time but it was it was on the other side of that Oh crap. I wonder if I'm going to get mugged or something terrible is going to happen to me. You know, if I continue to do, you know, along this path. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, those thoughts also parallel in, in the workspace when you're doing something uncomfortable, it's, it's really easy to make some assumptions to make yourself, you know, feel like, you know, what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. but they're not, always true or useful (laughs) totally totally let's um let's talk a little bit i mean just about everyone i I don't want to make assumptions about our audience but a lot of our listeners have jobs right and would would benefit from some of the strategies and the framework that you've put together so why don't we kind of dive in and, and start talking about a, a little bit of what you've got going on at uh, CozyMind.me and some of the some of the cool things you put together for our listeners today. Yeah, I would love to give you guys some tools. Uh, and you heard it here first. We have this brand new performance diamond framework. So there, there's four parts to this framework. One of them, we cover what we call habit maps. The second part is what we call brain breaks. The third part is focusing on what we call productivity routines. And then the fourth part uh, is a little bit of an all-encompassing part, but it it does have categories. But this is where we do performance hacks. So those are the four parts of our performance diamond framework. Um, And... Is there, should I just cover it all? Is there an area that you think your listeners would like me to go a little deeper in? Sure. Well, yeah, let's see. We'll explore. So you said, I'm going to work backwards because I missed the first two and got the last two, but you said performance hacks, you said productivity routines, and then what were numbers two and one? (laughs) Yeah. Habit maps and brain breaks. Habit maps and brain breaks. Okay, cool. So we've got brain breaks, habit maps, productivity routines, and performance hacks. Let's start. Let's start with brain breaks. Great. What is a, yeah. what is a brain break? So, <laughs> <laughs> a brain break is very simply put, it's normally a form of meditation, breath mm-hmm. work, or movement that helps you get out of the logic of your mind and into your body, your breath, 
or focusing on something external such as nature. So it's a way for you to give yourself a little mental recovery during the day, right? Olympic athletes recover their body. That's how they become more successful. It's how they're able to, you know, excel in the field that they do. But we do not often give ourselves the same rest for our minds during the workday. Yeah. Yet we still expect the same results. <laughs> so it's like through these practices and, uh, of, of meditation, breath work, movement, time in nature, it's a metaphorical nap for your brain under the desk. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you that, can know nap under the desk if you would like. <laughs> I like where you're going with that. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying. It felt, it, it felt a little forced. <laughs> 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 Very similar. Uh, there are some great practices lying down that I can explain. But but first, let me tell you why you might want to, you know, add these into your life. What are some benefits? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually going to reference. So Chris Bailey is also in the productivity space. He wrote a book called The Productivity Project, and he has a new audio book called How to Train Your Mind. And he basically described brain breaks, but using the word meditation. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, And in his estimate, granted, he doesn't do full, you know, clinical studies. So uh, take these numbers with a grain of salt. But he estimates that for every one minute we spend doing these brain breaks, we get nine minutes back in our day. And he estimates that up and up to 30 minutes per day. So if you were to do the calculation of 30 minutes of brain breaks times nine, you can actually increase your productivity by four and a half hours a day in theory, if you really aren't practicing these at all. Uh, and the way that calculation works is your productivity is a function of your intentionality with your work your energy, your focus, and the actual amount of time a task takes for you to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and the brain breaks actually support you on all of those levels because they're, uh, they help you eliminate distractions. They help you be more intentional with your work. They give you more attention and focus. And that lends itself to you doing the tasks that are more intentional in less mm-hmm. time. None of us are born with the warrior spirit. It is taught and trained. On the wrestling mats of Iowa, the mountains of Dagestan, and in homes across the world. Courage is learned from mentors and elders. Bravery is inoculated by a regimen of strategic training and discipline. This discipline culminates when the warrior has garnered the skill set to do what most men can't or won't, when he willingly runs into the fires of initiation because that is where his people need him. We feel disconnected when we chase the false idols of money, material possessions, and comfort. But true purpose and freedom are earned by training those parts of ourselves from which most men run. Some heavy shit is coming down, brothers. And those who rise to accept this call will go through it and win. 
The body, mind, and spirit are your instruments of victory. One cannot be properly trained while ignoring the other two. Our elite one-on-one coaching program is this training and your call to rise. Whether you're trying to build muscle, burn fat as fast as possible, upgrade your brain, reclaim your health, or unleash the warrior within, I will build you a personalized game plan to take your body, mind, and spirit to their true potential. At biohackercoaching.com, you will tap into the most cutting-edge health, anti-aging, and transformation protocols personalized exclusively for you to radically enhance your physical and mental performance. You'll have me in your corner as your coach and guide. With detailed instructions and advanced custom techniques to optimize your life, weaponize your body, and bulletproof your mind so that you achieve your goals as fast and safe as humanly possible. You'll discover science-derived lifestyle hacks I've only shared with our roster of Olympic gold medalists, world-class athletes, U.S. Special Forces, high-level businessmen, and super achievers from all walks of life, people ruthlessly committed to unlocking their ultimate capabilities. This program is for beginners, intermediate, and advanced fitness levels and provides everything you need to optimize your body, mind, and spirit's full capacity. We run labs and and blood work first because we believe in testing, not guessing. Then we use those data points to build you a unique, personalized program to correct underlying challenges and transform you into the man or woman you're here to become. Whether you're wanting to get shredded, add pounds of lean muscle, sharpen your mental focus and brain power, or heal, everything you need is included, and you'll have me in your corner holding you accountable, and guiding you through every step of the way. Because this isn't something I outsource to other coaches who may not have the skill set or experience you need, I can only work with five men each month. To grab a time for us to speak and determine if our Apex coaching program is a fit, go to biohackercoaching, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com and book a time for you and I to discuss your goals. Because we receive 50 to 100 applications each month for these five spots, if you'd like to request your application gets moved to the top of the list, send me a text message to my personal phone at 847-989-3743 and let me know why you're ready to change your life. This is elite personalized training at the highest level with zero guesswork. Only a small handful of people get this level of access to me and these teachings. If you've resonated with this, go to biohackercoaching.com now and fill out the short application form to grab a time for us to connect. Strength and honor. I've found that as well. Like there are many days that I don't necessarily feel like I want to work out or break a sweat or something like that. But it's, and it's not even that I'm like, oh, I need to do this for my abs. It's like, no, I need to do this for my brain. Like my brain feels so much better if I move a little bit and sweat and get outside and and soak up some sunshine and breathe some fresh air. And as you mentioned earlier, I'm in, I'm intentional with my breathing, you know, and kind of fall into a, almost like a meditative breathing pattern during the practice. Um, it's it's just a little bit of a shift in like what is what is our intentionality with these practices? Because if it's just like I want to get off these 20 pounds because I don't like the way they make me feel. You're a lot less likely to stick with something that is, is a fantastic habit for 
optimizing your cognitive performance and productivity. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and my, so I have a business partner, Joaquin, and the clients that we work with. So if you're looking to know kind of what's the sweet spot for how long should I take with mm -hmm. each of these breaks, we recommend five minutes because it's really supportive and you can do a lot of different types of brain breaks in that space of time. If you're really short on time, I recommend using a two-minute break, but you're pretty limited to just breathing practices in two minutes. It's really hard to do uh, anything else in a two-minute time frame. And if you know you need a longer boost, say you've done a really long work interval, or maybe it's towards the end of the day, and you can just tell your mind is not what it was at the beginning of the day. That's where uh, we normally recommend doing at least a 10-minute break, maybe a little bit longer if it feels good. Yeah, totally. And, and I hear you, like two minutes is not very much time. Now, my 19-year-old self might have had a few other things that I was able to do in two minutes that I wasn't exactly proud of, but we don't need to go there. What you're saying totally makes sense. <laughs> um, the... The, the maybe what are some of your favorite brain breaks like the things that you've tried a whole bunch of this stuff what what stuck for you what do you find yourself going to most often and like i realized a lot of people even even people in the health space like don't they haven't there are many who have not meditated before and when you talk to them about breath work they're like what is that kind of like wim hof you know and and it's that's where a lot of the, the, the mass consciousness in the spaces. So what are some of your favorites and specifically like, how do you do them? You know? And, and yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So I, I probably know way more brain breaks than I should ever share on any podcasts, etc. <laughs> but <laughs> my, my go-tos, one of them is I love doing an inversion at least once a day. So cool. um, the inversions come from yin yoga. Mm -hmm. I, so I basically take my body, and you can do it in a bed. You could do it on a couch. Uh, I prefer to do it on a floor because I like to do multiple health modalities at once. So mm -hmm. I roll out a grounding mat. And then I scooch my buns and my hips as close to the wall as possible, mm -hmm. rotate my legs up so that they're up and down. And that's the inversion in the simplest form. Mm -hmm. And what that does cool. is it actually supports your lymph fluid, which doesn't have a pump in your body and contains all of your immune cells. Um, and it also contains things such as lactic acid from when you're running and it drains it directly to your heart while you're getting all the benefits of the grounding mat. And if you want to throw in some meditation or breath work, great. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty cool. For, for a while I got super into, uh, inverted sun gazing now nobody listening we gotta we gotta preface this because it makes people want to run out and try everything don't do don't try this at home it's, it's it takes training <laughs> and practice you never want to stare directly at the sun i'm not giving a I'm, I'm not recommending anyone sun gazes you can hurt yourself you can blind yourself 
So I, I want to, I'm telling a story here about my experience and this is not something you should do unless you've been properly trained and, and built up to it slowly. But I used to love doing inverted sun gazing in, in the morning where I would just look towards the sun from a uh, headstand position and kind of soak it up at first part of the day to help wake my brain up. And then of course you get like that, the, the, the changing of the blood flow and that sort of thing. And, um, I might get back into that once the weather, if the weather continues to warm up here in Chicago, that's a great reminder. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful example. However, if it's not accessible, you can just throw your legs up a wall. <laughs> yeah. Much easier. Much, 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 much. Easier. And there's also like, there's, um, I think teeter, um, is the company. They make these gravity boots where you can, you can <laughs> hook them up to like a pull up bar and then hang upside down. And I used those a ton in Florida when I was living there and I loved it. And I've been thinking about, I mean, I just made a big, big do an inversion once a day note on my yellow legal pad and circled it. Cause I do love inversions and how I feel afterwards. I notice a big difference and I have not been doing too many inversions outside of like periodically working them into a yoga class, you know, well, that's a great reminder. Mm-hmm. I love it. Should I share one more or do you want to move on? Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another, I love breathing practices. Um, a lot of breathing practices. There are a lot of kind of similarities amongst breathing practices. An easy one to share that you could do even if you were driving, say, and listening to the podcast um, is simply just breathing in through your nose, filling all the way up and then breathing out slowly through your lips. So just letting it out through your mouth. So you've got your lips kind of you want, pursed, almost like, I don't know, like you're blowing out yes, birthday candles. that might be exaggerated. I don't think that's necessary. But it's as long necessary. as you're breathing in through the nose okay. and it's coming out through your mouth, even if it was coming out through your teeth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, would, it would work. And does it matter the the uh, ratio of time between the inhale to the exhale or anything like that? Or is it just breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, and it's all good? Whatever feels good. I generally do whatever feels good. But for those who are really new to breathing practices, and if you're you know, coming off of a really stressful piece of work, it can be nice to uh, see if you can balance out your inhale and your exhale just so that you're basically rebalancing your body and it helps you bring more awareness to your timing. It doesn't have to be perfect, um, but that's why I might recommend doing that. And you can, Mm. you know, add some stuff to this as well. You could hold uh, after your inhale. You could hold after your exhale. Um, Mm. And you can also incorporate what's called yogic breathing, where you're fully expanding your belly, fully expanding your chest, and you're expanding your chest so much that it actually moves into clavicular breathing, where you're actually doing a small expansion into your clavicle, and then you let it all out slowly. Mm. So clavicle, chest, belly, that would be a full yogic breath and a full release. Um, But you can play around with just doing belly, just doing chest also. I like it. I like it. These are good. So So to recap, we've got your inversions. You can do, you know, up up against a wall. 
We've got your um, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. You can kind of synchronize or like time so that the inhale and the exhale are evenly uh, allocated the same amount of seconds. And, uh, and you can even play around with yogic breathing where you're kind of like inhaling all the way down into your lower abdomen, then your upper abdomen, then your chest, then your clavicles. And then you're kind of reversing that going from your clavicle to your, to your chest, to your upper abdomen, to your lower abdomen. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. I like it. And then pick, you, you decide two, two minutes, five minutes, whatever suits the scenario and your preferences. Exactly. Your preferences, your time. Um, and I don't, I don't know the working intervals or if, you know, people listening to this are tracking their working intervals. I love tracking things. So I do. Um, but for anyone using say like a Pomodoro style working interval, that's yeah. where the five minute breaks are, are really nice. Those are, um, and for those is, who is that something familiar, you recommend? Yeah. Can you explain what that is I, for our listeners? Who don't know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and my, all, the Pomodoro intervals vary a, a little bit from person to person. My favorite is, so it's a shorter working interval generally. So for me, I normally do 25 minutes on for work and then a five minute break and then do another mm -hmm. 25 minutes on. So it's kind of like this short burst of work followed by a short break. That's the general mm -hmm. Pomodoro. I like and, that too. Um, have you experimented with this yourself? Yes. It depends on what I'm doing. If it's like, if it's something that there are certain tasks that require for me, like I'm like, if you've ever played Mario Kart, I'm kind of like Donkey Kong where I like take a long time to get going. But then like, once I'm going, I'm, I'm, faster than everybody, but I kind of get my butt kicked at the beginning. And, you know, if it's like a writing project or something, then, then I, I, I need longer work intervals. Cause I'm like, sometimes the first 20, 30 minutes, I'm just like, Oh, not, not there, not there. Then I'm finally in the zone with most things though. I like the, the same 25, five. And, um, but then I also, sometimes if I'm really in the zone, I just keep going and, you know, but I start out the day with a workout or meditation or cold shower or something. You know what I mean? So I've already had some brain breaks and I'm like, all right, I can rock. <laughs> and then when I start feeling like I need a break, then I'll go do something, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that um, is a perfect example of like when you should think about taking your brain breaks. You can schedule them, like if mm -hmm. insert them into a Pomodoro. But like you said, when you start feeling tired, like just go and take a break. And I, I find that a lot of people, um, myself included, I can take what I term distraction breaks instead of brain breaks. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll get up and, you know, go to the kitchen because <laughs> I think I want a snack, but really I just want to get away from the work. Um, sure, when I was sure. working in more of an office space, it might be getting up just to use the restroom or getting up just to stretch my legs and see if I can find someone to talk to for a couple minutes. Um, and while it's good to at least get away from your workspace, I would actually recommend if, if you can do your brain breaks, it, it, at least stand up and sit not in front of, in front of your computer. It, it will help you because you're kind of signaling to your mind that, you know, I'm, I'm going on break. We're not in full work mode. 
um, and can sure. make them more effective. Yeah, um, and don't go from your yeah, computer the, to your the, cell phone. Exactly. Yes. Um, so yeah, just being aware that you might be taking distraction breaks and while they're not bad, they're just not as effective at giving you that extra intentionality, focus, attention, energy. Totally. I actually had a, a fun conversation with a friend yesterday. She's, she's living in New York and doing some school stuff and she'd just been totally exhausted, like bordering on burnt out. And she's like, I'm like, she's like, I'm taking Adderall. I'm drinking caffeine, you know, trying to get through the day and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you're living in New York. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, if, if I share something that could really help you, like, are you open to it? Even though it might be uncomfortable and a little bit of a hard conversation. She's like, yeah. I'm like, you're getting freaking microwaved in New York. I'm like all the Wi-Fi routers, the seven to 10 wireless and Bluetooth devices that people have all the towers everywhere. I'm like, that's such a big part of why people are needing this prescription, these prescriptions to stimulate themselves. And I'm like, I've, I've tried that stuff in college. I got, I got, um, my, I got to talk to a doctor and to give me Adderall when I was like a junior in college. And, and I was like, this stuff's amazing. Cause someone, you know, one of, one of my friends gave me one and I was like, I'm so much smarter with this. I don't take it now. But, um, and, and I mentioned that to her. So she's like, all right, I'm going to go to, uh, take a vacation and like somewhere else she goes my energy was through the roof i felt so good my brain was firing i wasn't like depressed and anxious i'm like yeah it's it's where we live and that part of the environment plays such a big role in how we feel and our perceived energy levels and even our physical energy levels how well the mitochondria are able to function but no one's really looking at like okay i'm living in you know uh, a skyscraper in downtown New York versus like I'm living in a place that's a little bit closer to nature and like has more of the natural frequencies that we have, that we have uh, evolved with over long periods of time there. I just wanted to mention that cause it was like, yeah, I thought for a long time, I'm like, Oh, do I, I, I need so much caffeine or I need this. And she's like, I thought I needed Adderall. And then as soon as I went away, I was like, I didn't even need to take Adderall, you know? A little, little bit related, maybe a bit tangential. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's all related, right? There are emotional stressors. There are environmental stressors. And it's really hard when they're your baseline to know that they're exhausting you. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like an elimination diet. You go and it's not until you cut out all the things that you've been consistently eating that you're like, I can actually feel this good. And then you become where, like, you want to feel that way more of the time. You know, sometimes you don't even know how good you can feel with like brain breaks, for example, until you start working some brain breaks into your day. Um, I love it. Anything else on brain breaks that you wanted to cover, or should we should we uh, move on to habit maps? Actually, I'd love to pivot to productivity routines, just Let's because you actually gave it a great opener. <laughs> Without Let's knowing. <laughs> oh, no, I, oh, no, I um, planned that. I planned that one. Yeah, you planned it 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Take credit whenever possible. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
Uh, but yes, you gave us the perfect segue when we were talking about Pomodoro. Uh, mm-hmm. And you mentioned that different types of tasks, sometimes it takes you 20 to 30 minutes to really get into the task. Mm-hmm. Where productivity routines are useful is it helps you get into the task faster. And what these productivity routines are, uh, most of us already have one. Um, but it's basically how you're opening your work. So what is your ritual to get into your workspace? And it might be a little bit different, for example, when you're doing research versus when you're, you know, interviewing someone on a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, as an example, part of my productivity routine is uh, plugging in my computer so that I don't have to worry about, you know, low battery if I want to take a longer working interval. So that eliminates one distraction. I put, you know, my phone away and on silent so that, you know, I can eliminate another distraction. And then I have an audio component, um, which when I do productivity routines with others, I always recommend eliminating at least one or more distractions. Um, I always recommend adding in some sort of audio component. I recommend doing some sort of intentionality boost to your routine. So being intentional with your work. And then I like to do something either calming or fun for the motivational side of things. Um, but the more that you can have a little bit of a intentional ritual to how you open up your work, uh, the more effective you will be because you're basically developing that neural pathway in your mind that says, oh, hey, it's work time. Yeah, it's almost like a Pavlovian trigger. Exactly. What do you listen to? I mean, I've listened to like, I like Mozart a lot. Um, I find that Sometimes words are a bit of a problem if I'm trying to be productive and, you know, there's, I'm listening to like Marshall Mathers. Um, it's too much going on at once, but like Mozart, I do pretty well with. And, and especially if it's like background noise, but like, what's, what do you do for the audio component? What do you listen to? Or did I misunderstand that? Yes. As <laughs> no, you got it spot on. Big check mark. Uh, like the number one thing I recommend is don't listen to lyrics. So you got that one down. Um, yeah. And for me, there's actually a company called Focus at Will, and they provide stations, all different types, because everyone has kind of different background music that they prefer. So some of these, actually one of my favorite stations is they recorded coffee shops and then they dimmed out anything distracting and then they added in these focus frequencies. So frequencies that help you focus and stay concentrated, you know, under the radar, you won't, you won't notice them. Um, That's sweet. And that is one of my absolute favorite stations, but they have it instrumental. They have it, you know, nature sounds, um, Granted, it, it is a subscription, so it does yeah. cost a little bit of money, but I think it's worth every single dollar. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, so focus at will, and, and you like the coffee shops one. What's another one that you really like? There is, so they have a deep station. It's kind of like techno chill how I would describe okay. it. I really like that station. Sometimes, uh, actually, when I first started using the station, they had an, a neurospace 
station. And it was like, really, if you were to kind of put EDM music into a productivity space, it was kind of mm-hmm. like that. So it was pretty high intensity. Uh, but for some reason, that used to really work for me. It's a little too much for me these days. Um, yeah. But yeah, I used to love that station. And for those of you who are looking for options that don't cost anything, um, I think Mozart was a great example, what you offered. But I, I also love listening to movie tracks. So like Lord of the mm. Rings, Harry Potter, things yeah. like that too. That's a great, a great suggestion. We have, um, yeah, no, I love it. The, the coffee shop one, just, this is just to, to tickle my own curiosity. But what do you what do you hear? Are you hearing like them them like grind the coffee beans or like steam the milk? What's what's going on there? It sounds a lot like just a bunch of people talking, and yeah, occasionally there's like clinking of dishes and like some grinding noises. But for the most part, it's kind of like muted conversation. And I'm I'm an extrovert, and so I. I do really well with that station in part because I think my brain thinks I'm surrounded by people. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes all I need for a little extra boost as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So productivity routines, essentially you're, you're setting your brain up with rituals and patterns so that it knows, okay, I do this when I'm getting ready to do work. And you're kind of like preparing yourself and setting the stage focus at wills, a big one. Uh, Mozart is, as I mentioned, and then movie soundtracks for the audio component, anything else with, with productivity routines that you'd like to cover? Uh, so the intentional, like, so set an intention, right? That, that one's pretty mm-hmm. self-explanatory. Like what I would set some sort of work goal, like what you would like to accomplish in whatever mm-hmm. working interval. Um, you're doing, I always feel like that's really important if it's not something you're already doing. Um, and then in terms of the motivational, this one's kind of like cherry on top. I think, you know, audio is really good. Eliminate any distractions you can. For me, part of eliminating distractions is also wearing, uh, noise canceling headphones because then I, you know, I'm surrounded by my focus music and I love my dog to death. He's really not that noisy, but you know, it does, if he's making any weird sounds, I won't get distracted by him or by anything else outside. Mm-hmm. That's a, but that's a really good motivational, For the motivational side of things, I, so I like to be cozy. When I'm cozy and relaxed, I work the best. So I like to have a fuzzy blanket and like mm-hmm. a pillow tucked in nearby because that supports me and my routine. Other people that I have coached, some like things that are a little bit more active. Um, mm-hmm. Or one example of a motivational technique that I used when I was in the law firm and not super heavy was I used an essential oil as part of my routine to kind of give me a, a boost midday. So, you know, I'd set up my music and everything. And then I would roll some of this essential oil, which was a a citrus. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're looking for really good blends, there's a company called uh, doTERRA, D-O-T-E-R-R-A. And uh, 
or since it's a citrus blend, right, you could just buy yourself maybe some lemon or some orange, but that's a really good uplifting scent if you want to use your sense of smell. And then uh, another motivator could be doing some sort of dance or having a little, you know, mantra for yourself, like, I am alive, awake, alert, and enthusiastic. I am alive, awake, alert, and enthusiastic. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. Very good. Um, so that covers our productivity routines. Do you want to talk about habit maps or performance hacks? Let's Next. do habit maps Next. first. Not one or the other. Touched- like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick one of um, your so- uh, next two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh habit maps i know we've already thrown you know a lot at you guys i hope you're still buckled up and ready to go this uh, is good stuff. but habit maps <laughs> thank you habit maps are something that i i borrowed some of the framework from someone else so uh, Dr. B.J. Fogg has a book called Tiny Habits. It's an excellent read if you'd like to throw, you know, something on your Kindle or audio book list. Maybe you're you're still into physical copies. Those are fun, too. Um, anyways. Thank you, by the way, of, a- uh, when, you, when you refer to or were inspired by other people's work, it's nice to hear someone that gives credit. A lot of people like borrow things liberally and never mention the other person, you know? (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Yes. I like to give credit where credit is due uh, because I think we're all a compilation, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, Anyway, he has a beautiful framework um, where habits, which he calls them behaviors, are equal to your motivation plus your ability plus the prompts. And I can describe what all three of those are in just a second. Um, But the power in this equation is if you were to map your ability and your motivation, there is a line called an action line where uh, if you're basically if your motivation, your ability and your prompts are above this action line in some, then you will automatically complete that behavior or habit. And if it's below, then you won't. So this is mm. a great way to look at your habits and uh, set yourself up for success the first time. But also if it's not working right, you can tweak your motivation, your prompt and your ability to get yourself mm. over that action line. Yeah, or realize like, oh, maybe I maybe I need to develop my ability in order to get this done. You know, I'm motivated. Exactly. I'm doing the prompts and it's not getting done. I've I've got to get better. Exactly. Uh and there there are a lot of weeds that you can get to when um in going through this process. But let me just overlay kind of the the basic four steps to habit mapping. So number number one is identifying your habit of interest. And it, it might be a habit that you're adding. It might be a habit that you'd like to remove, or it might be something you're swapping, which is a combination of adding and removing. Mm-hmm. Number two 
You would then move into the mapping process, which I'll describe in a second because it's the most complicated part <laughs> of the habit mapping strategy. So you'll map the habit. And then number three, you do what I call test driving the habit, which is you're going to visualize going through your motivation prompt ability process to do that habit in your mind. And the reason I recommend that is uh, you can kind of see whether you think you're going to need to buy anything. You can see if you have some hesitations come up in your thoughts um, around doing some of this habits. For example, uh, if you are going to implement some brain breaks at work, sometimes people get self-conscious. So that might be a thought that pops up for you that you can then, you know, work on addressing. Um, so th those are kind of what, uh, why you might want to visualize the process and test drive the process. You can kind of see ahead of time if you can get any kinks out of the way. Mm -hmm. And you were saying and visualize yourself you like going through the process and, and, and the motivation and everything like that. Okay. I think I, I, did we already talk about how to do the motivation part? No, we're going to, we'll, we'll map in just a second. Cool. I just find right. it can be sometimes too much to digest because that's the most like nitty gritty part of the whole process. Gotcha. Okay. Please, please proceed. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. But yeah, so we'll identify, we'll map, which I'll describe at the end. We're going to visualize uh, to test drive. And then uh, the final step is setting that start date. And for setting the start date, um, I, I also would recommend while you're setting the start date to set a check-in date for yourself um, as a reoccurring prompt if you can as well, because while start dates are all well and good, I, I think one of the keys to habit consistency is checking in and seeing where you fell off the map because you're going to mm -hmm. fall off, you know, the habit map at, at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you are extra special, but Maybe I find, you know, things special. like vacation <laughs> mm. oh, yeah, that throws or <laughs> there are just things that come up in life, right? That yeah, eventually yeah. might throw you out of certain habits. Um, totally. And I want to set you guys up for the most success possible. So it's nice mm -hmm. to have some sort of reoccurring check-in so that you can yeah. be like, oh, yeah, that habit. Am I doing it or not? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and but I think we also have like so so many times we think something's going to take us like not as much time as it actually is going to take us or winds up and then we like lose motivation we stop and like Garrett White from Warrior has this line where he's like if you're tired of failing stop effing quitting meaning like stick with it longer so that you achieve what you have, have set it as your intention to achieve and what you came here to do you know don't don't plant some seeds and then go to a different field before they even have a chance to grow and and, and sprout, you know? And I think those check-in yeah. dates are pretty are pretty good for that. You know, if you if you set it and you're like, okay, this could take me three months, I gotta check in with myself. How often do you do those? Oh, check-ins. Check -in that depends yeah. on your your habit a little bit. So if it's a daily mm -hmm. habit. Uh, and it's really fresh and new for you. It's not something you've ever started before. 
I would probably mm-hmm. do every other day check-ins just to keep mm-hmm. yourself really accountable. Yeah. Um, but if it's something you've practiced a couple times and you feel, you know, pretty good about mm-hmm. having been consistent, at least somewhat in the past, I would say every three days or so. Okay, good. So that, I mean, that's important. I was like, I was like, is this once a week, once every two weeks? But you're like, no, you got to stay on yourself. Yeah. I like that. And do you do that? What do you do? Do you put it in your calendar as like a recurring reminder or how do you set it up? I do. Yes. Or, uh, with certain things, sometimes I ask a friend to call me. Oh, even better. You can, then you get to talk to your friend. Some extra. Mm-hmm. And have some okay. extra accountability. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I've, you know, in the past, sometimes I, if I was like, I know I need to do this, but I'm not sure I can or, or, you know, I might fail. I would like not want to tell anyone, but you realize talent, if you, if, if it's actually like in your best interest, it's, it's almost better to just step outside of it and be like, no, I got to get someone else involved so that I have that accountability so that I'm embarrassed if I'm like not getting it done. Like we've, we've, we've seen how shame can be used in a, in a negative context, but it's also quite powerful. Cause like we feel shame if we're like, I'm going to quit smoking. And then we're like smoking a cigarette two days later. It's like embarrassing. There's a little bit of shame there, but that, that can motivate us to do something that's, that's good for us too. You know, especially if there's someone who we care about that we have to tell <laughs> what happened, you know? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Your, your buns are on the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I dig it. I dig it. So the but, mapping uh, process. Yeah, let's, exactly. Yeah. So uh, let me give you an example of a habit adding using the mapping process. So say I want to weigh myself or start weighing myself every morning. The motivation might be like, hey, I want to lose weight or maybe I just want to know where I'm at so I know where to adjust from. But like those numbers matter to me. I want to be able to start, you know, more accurately tracking my weight. So let's say that's the motivation. Um, For those of you who are highly analytical, that will work. For those of you who are more (laughs) emotional, you might need a slightly different motivator. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We'll use that as an mm-hmm. example for now, though. Yeah. Uh, your prompt, so what I might do as a prompt is use a visual prompt. So I'm going to put that scale right in front of uh, a habit that I do in the morning. And what I do first thing every morning is I go to the bathroom. So I'm going to hmm. put that scale right in front of the bathroom where I will see it. Right. So that's You weigh really yourself before prompt. or after you've gone to the bathroom. I prefer after. I feel like I'm lighter, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would too. (laughs) I want to optimize my results here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. You don't want want artificially inflated numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So that's an example of prompt. And then ability, right? It's the scale itself, if you're using a digital scale, right, it's really easy. You just step on it for a couple seconds, right, and step mm-hmm. off. So that, that's mm-hmm. the ability. Um, so that would be an example of how you might do a mapping process for adding a habit. 
I like uh, it. Now that let's look at maybe removing a habit or trying to inhibit a habit. And I'll mm-hmm. use Netflix as an example because this mm-hmm. is one of my, you know, habits that I'm not always proud of. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is there. And what I do to um, – so what you're going to want to do is make it, you know, harder, right? You're going to want to inhibit the ability a little bit, and you're going to want to reduce the prompts. Uh, you may or may not be able to reduce <laughs> the motivation, right? Uh, that, one's, that one's a little trickier, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best way to tweak motivation, right, is, or, well, maybe not right, but is to do some sort of mindset process or often to get an external accountability, like a person involved. That mm-hmm. is normally the best way to support with motivation or to connect with a better why. So if your why is really superficial, like go one step deeper either within yourself or like, how does this supporting me help someone else that I care about? Maybe you could give us an example of like yours with Netflix. Like what, how, how'd you kind of break it down and, and what did, what did you come up with? You know, what was your why? Yeah. So for my why, <laughs> my why was a little, well, we'll say it's a little both. Um, one, I knew it was really bad energetically. Like, I love it. I love just, like, mm-hmm. taking a break, vegging out, and watching a good show on Netflix. However, mm-hmm. I never feel good in my body afterwards. I always feel way more tired, and I feel like it sucks my energy, and, like, I'm not moving my body around. So mm-hmm. there's an energetic drain that mm-hmm. I don't like as an after effect. Um, and I mm-hmm. even sometimes feel some extra mental fatigue, even though this is supposed to be my quote unquote break time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, while I am watching this show, um, there are other things I could be doing, such as, you know, taking my dog on an extra nice walk. Right. So there's another layer of the motivation where, you know, if I'm substituting, say, Netflix for walking my dog right? There could be an added benefit there for him. And I care about Mm -hmm. him and his exercise as well as my own. Um, Mm -hmm. When I did this mapping process for Netflix, I didn't always replace it necessarily with a walk, just so (laughs) I'm clear about that. But it is just an example of, you know, a motivation. It was an option. What I, exactly. What I did do is I removed the remote prompt So instead of the remote being out where I could see it and in an easily accessible place, um, so it it moved into ability a little bit as well. I set my remote on a bookshelf where I never look and I never go normally Mm -hmm. during the day. And that was really effective for me um, because I had to take like an extra step to go to a place that I never, ever go normally during my day. It's kind of out of sight. It might not be 100% out of mind, but it's more out of sight and more out of mind. Yeah, I get that. And that actually was enough for for me to at least interrupt enough to be like, oh, I want to watch TV. Oh, it's a little bit harder for me to do. Maybe I would like to, you know, do something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's all you really need 
Go ahead. For sure. Sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I remember I unplugged my TV in, uh, when I was living in Florida for, for just that reason. I was like, if I have to get down on my knees, find the plug, plug it in, then turn on the TV, it's, you know what you're getting into, right? If you've got your phone in airplane mode, and like in order to do something on your phone, you then have to take it out of airplane mode and go do whatever you were going to do. It's like an extra added step where you're like, wait, I said I didn't want to be on my phone all the time. Or wait, I said I didn't want to just veg out and watch TV when I've got this really, I'm trying to read more, right? For example, or I'm trying to you know, walk my dog more or whatever. Cool. I like that. Uh, right. Do you feel like the the mapping process makes makes holistic sense? Are there any questions there that, that you have or you think viewers or listeners might have? I think it totally makes sense. You if it's a habit that you're trying to stop, you add friction. You know, friction friction points that will almost cause you to uh, remember why that friction point is there and why you might not want to do what you're considering instead of another activity that you feel is a better fit for the direction you would like to take your life. Right. And then it's almost like the opposite right. for add a habit. Mm -hmm. And then swaps pretty easy. Cause then you're just like, instead of this, I do this. Exactly. And, uh, I guess two small ads. I, I do, if you're swapping a habit, recommend that you, take one day to practice stopping it and seeing if it's an effective stop. Uh, mm. And what I would consider an effective stop is you go through, you know, your interruption process and there's at least a moment of hesitation where you're like at choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, just so you can kind of test, right? If you're, if there isn't enough of a hesitation and if it's not really inhibiting you, right, you need a better stopping or like, uh, friction point, as you put it, yeah. before you can. I think, I think Tim like Sarah, I might have got that from Tim Ferriss or someone. If if I did, I want to credit him. If I didn't, <laughs> I don't remember who it was. <laughs> <laughs> bouncing around my brain somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful way to to frame it. So okay, yeah, cool. I would recommend at least testing out your, your stop first before you do a full swap. Um, that makes sense. And, uh, and why is that again? Just so you know, sometimes it's a lot to do all at once. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. um, number two, you at least know that your stop is working enough that you could add in another something else or choose something else. If, if you don't have an effective enough stop, if it really doesn't feel interruptive, um, the, the way that you're switching your motivation, prompt and ability, then mm -hmm. this way you at least know that where you might not be setting yourself up for success and how mm -hmm. you're, you know, stopping the habit before you go ahead and add it. It's just a recommendation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, um, mm -hmm but it, it, it just makes it a little bit easier for you to troubleshoot. Cool. Have, have you used any of this with people who are like drinking too much alcohol where there's like an addiction component too? I... I'm just thinking about how many people struggle with struggle, struggle with drinking too much or like they're addicted to something 
whether it's cigarettes, whether it's pills. I mean, one, one of my friends, her brother passed from, from fentanyl last week. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, these are, these are some big challenges that our fellow brothers and sisters are facing and like having, having ways for people to get out of it, you know, and, and to address the addiction, I think is, is increasingly important these days. Yeah, 100%. I think just because uh, in my experience, addiction is so heavily rooted um, also in normally emotional and mindset work as well, that mm -hmm. it, I suspect you wouldn't be able I don't know if you'd be able to completely, you know, eradicate an addiction with just the habit mapping process, but I think mm -hmm. it definitely could support if you, yeah. if you do find something good to substitute and you can like slowly make that substitution more and more over time, 100%. Yeah. I do think that the, the prompts and the motivation depending upon how far down the rabbit hole you are with the addiction, right? If, if you're in a place where you can bring in other people, it'll be far more effective. But also if you're in a place where you're bringing in other people, right, then, uh, you know, that you're admitting, right, you have some addiction that you want to get rid of and not everyone's in that place. Yeah, it's almost a non-starter. You have to, you know, the, the, the first step of like AA is admitting you have a problem or some, some variation of that. Right. And if you're not even there, it's, you're not going to, you're not probably not going to get out of the gates. Um, cool. Let's talk about performance hacks. Yes. What are performance so, hacks? So I categorize performance hacks. So this is a little bit of like all the secret sauce put into one. So this mm -hmm. is where you would throw kind of like your organizational systems and scheduling. Um, this is where like I would put delegation and automation processes. This is where I would throw some additional mindset work around performance and productivity. Uh, and also like motivational fun stuff that um, makes you happy, right? Happy people perform better and uh also gets you excited for for your day uh so that kind of is the small bucket that encompasses um performance hacks and one of them i would consider the pomodoro technique a performance mm -hmm. hack because how yeah. how you're approaching the timing of your work can you know, be really effective at improving your um, your performance and your productivity with certain tasks. And uh, have you have you covered the Pareto principle here before? Yeah, like the eighty twenty rule. Like twenty percent mm -hmm. of our efforts produce eighty percent of our results, and then like exactly, you get the rest. Um, yes. Yes. No, let's let's refresh our listeners just in case they're not familiar. I don't talk about it like a ton. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Pareto principle is that oftentimes eighty or twenty percent, as you mentioned, of the activities and tasks that we're doing day to day to create a specific result uh, are actually only only twenty of the one hundred are creating eighty percent of the 
actionable, tangible results for whatever we're trying to create. Um, one, one example I can give is I was creating my first workshop and I was spending a lot of time reading and collecting resources. Uh, part of the time was, you know, creating PowerPoints. And then other part of the time I was working with a coach to kind of help me bring everything together and also incorporate experiential exercises for this particular mm -hmm. workshop. And I found that the tasks that were giving me the most bang for my buck, so actually creating um, that workshop most effectively was the coaching time um, and, you know, the time I was actually on the PowerPoint. I, I didn't actually, it made me feel better to be researching and grabbing more information, but it really wasn't, uh, I didn't really need it when I thought mm -hmm. about it. it. It was kind of that extra 80% that I probably didn't need. And if I had just doubled down on the, you know, working on the PowerPoint and doing the coaching work, that was, you know, creating 80% of what I needed. So that's yeah, there's you know, kind of the example. A, a lot of that of too is like, it can be imposter syndrome where we're like, oh, I don't know enough. I need to know more. I need to accumulate more resources and, and do more research. And it's really just delaying you diving in and doing stuff that could help people. Or even just saying, hey, I don't need to sell this for X amount of money. I need some people that are that want to make this change in their life and are willing to put in the work and, and want to be guided by someone like me. And I'm happy to guide them and hone my skill set. And then from there, my course will be even better because I'll see what challenges come up and this and that. And then it's, it's so much easier to see, like, you then know not only how to sell your course, but what people need, what's going to come up that they didn't even think they needed and so on and so forth. You know, whereas like exactly. if, if we're just like, oh, I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not good enough. I need to research more. No, you need to help more people start getting out there and whatever that means. It's it's going to be a lot better than just combing the Internet or combing through books, you know, presuming you have a solid foundation. Exactly. Exactly. And there there's another way that you can use the Pareto principle and that's in terms of your workday. So there are times during your workday where you're going to have more energy and focus just naturally. So you can, um, and if you don't know those times already, you can, you know, get out a little sheet of paper, go old school and just check in on yourself every couple hours and rate, you know, how your energy feels, um, mm -hmm. how, like, whether or not you feel like you've been efficient during that work interval, what, what was your attention like? And you can mm -hmm. find, you know, those, that 20% of the day where you're the most energized and focused and then do your work tasks, those, you know, 20% of the tasks that are giving you the most benefit um, for the outcome you want, you can use those during that, uh, we'll call it the, the uh, Pareto principle interval for your energy and kind of use it synergistically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes a big, big difference. I like it. I like it. Do you use um, 
I've got this app on my phone called Focus Keeper. It's basically just like a Pomodoro timer. What do you use? For for Pomodoro, uh, there is a website called Tomato Timer. <laughs> Tomato Timer. I really like that one. When I was when I was that's the best free version. But the yeah. the focus at will actually you can set timed intervals. So now I just use that. So it'll time out however long I want to work. Uh, and generally, I work in blocks of 90 minutes to 30 minutes. That's kind of my range. Um, normally, it's more on the 90 side if I'm doing writing and reading and, and stuff like that. But yeah. it, it acts yeah. basically like a, a, a timer because you can you know set the interval and then it, it dings and it stops your, your music once the time is up. Lovely, lovely. My um, Russell... Brunson told me about this app called tomorrow.do that's like basically a, a to-do list that lets you cross stuff off. You know, you just touch it and it crosses it off the list. If you didn't finish it, you can move it to the next day. And I love it. I love it. I'm like, it's <laughs> been like, I, I, I used to just use notepad um, or, you know, paper lists and that sort of thing. But this like syncs between your phone and your computer. And I feel like I'm insanely more productive using it than just a regular old to-do list by hand or, you know, a notes app or Evernote or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, I couldn't, couldn't recommend tomorrow.do uh, anymore. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it is really important to have a way to capture things and schedule them. I I still have a hard time getting away from doing all of that in Google Calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> I just love making my I just use it for so many things and kind of like you said I I will just reschedule my like little blocks to the next. Um but you know everyone has the application that works for them. If you don't, you know, I encourage you to test out a couple and find the one that works for you. Um, but yeah, little, little hacks and, um, automated tools are, are awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and I love Google calendar too. I use that for, for just about everything. Um, Dr. Carol Larson, this has been great. What you have like a free gift that, and guys, if, if you've enjoyed this conversation, um, share it up, friends, family, coworkers, give it to people that, that will enjoy it, encourage them to listen. That's how we're able to do these interviews for free and, uh, keep bringing them to you guys. And, but you have a, a, a gift that you would like to offer to our listeners. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and where they can get it. Yes. So you can get it on our website. So just go to CozyMind, C-O-Z-Y-M-I-N-D dot M-E. And we have up there an assessment where you can see which areas of the performance diamond are your strengths, which ones are your weaknesses. And then we have an estimate of the time that you can gain back by implementing some of these areas of the performance diamond that you might be weaker in. 
So it's a, a cool. nice little snapshot of yeah where you uh, where you can go next. Yeah, I like it a lot, and and that's so cozymind.me. And where do they go on on the website to get that gift? Is there like a, something in the nav bar? Uh, we'll be putting both a button up, and yeah, we'll we'll add a page directly to the quiz as well. So there'll be Sweet. a button to go to the free quiz, and we'll we'll add a page for it also. Well, Dr. Kara Larson, thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom and experience and expertise with, with us today. I've really enjoyed our conversation and uh, let's do it again sometime. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Anthony. It's been a blast. And uh, yeah, thank you to all of you out there as well. I hope you, you know, use at least one technique. Use it. Use it or lose it. <laughs> All right, guys, share this episode up. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon in another episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. As you may already be aware, my specialty is working with entrepreneurs, Olympic athletes, executives, and high achievers to help them unlock ultimate performance in body, mind, and spirit. If you want to lose fat, build muscle, activate untapped brain energy, and feel 10 to 15 years younger, my proprietary coaching process is the secret behind many of the world's top performers. Here's how it works. Over 24 weeks, I will walk you step-by-step -step through a personalized process that utilizes your blood work to build you a custom game plan for taking your physical and mental performance to their maximum potential. I believe in testing, not guessing, and have proven time and again that personalized results crush anything that you could achieve following the one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter programs that litter the internet. With regular one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, I'll guide you through a personalized process for achieving massive, unparalleled results in your life. My proprietary process includes blood labs, testing, and advanced health diagnostic tools, upgrading your metabolic engine, personalizing your nutrition, optimizing your sleep, upgrading your cognition with brain-targeted supplements, smart drugs, and peptides, balancing your hormones, building strength and muscle mass, detoxing heavy metals, pesticides, and toxic chemicals that can slow you down, building resilience and bulletproofing yourself against stress, integrating time-restricted eating uh, through advanced fasting protocols, increasing oxygenation and supercharging your immunity, and of course, tracking and monitoring your progress with science-based tools and expert accountability. We also leverage personalized biohacks that will help you to achieve your physique and cognitive goals faster than you thought possible. And on top of all that, for a limited time, I'm offering three special bonuses that you get to choose based on your desired results. So you pick three from the following five options. Bonus option number one, upgrade sexual health, libido, and performance. Bonus option number two, get rid of pain and recover like an athlete. Bonus option number three, get rid of parasites, candida, Lyme, mold, and chronic fatigue. Bonus option number four, get more youthful looking skin, thicker hair, and healthier nails. 
And bonus option number five, fix your gut and optimize digestion, which ties in very well with bonus option number three. There's no faster, more effective way to tap into your full potential, get in the best shape of your life, and have your brain consistently firing on all cylinders. To apply for one of these limited half-off spots, go to www.biohackercoaching.com, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com, fill out the short form, and grab a time for us to talk. Full disclosure, I'm offering half off in part because we're building some cool new case studies and success stories that we can showcase in a infomercial style project that we're working on. So if you're at all on the fence, I encourage you to fill out the short form and grab a time for a free consultation with me to see if it's a fit. After you've applied, you can also text me to request to have your application moved to the front of the line. And that number is 847-989-3743.